Welcome, True Believer readers, to another episode of Let's Read Spider-Man. And here is the new vulture to my old vulture, my friend Eddie. How you doing today, Eddie? I'm doing great. The new vault. I, I guess I could be the new vulture. <laughs> I just think you're younger. That just seemed the way to go. True. The, the, fundamentally, chronologically, that would be the case, right? <laughs> sure. All right. Well, we're both. Both vultures seem to be very apt at being vulture. So, for those who don't know, what we're talking about there are two vultures in this issue. So, Eddie, why don't we jump in right away with Amazing Spider-Man 48 in the wings of the vulture? <laughs> All right. <laughs> Spidey's swinging around in a winter wonderland looking for that cocky tin horn craven. Now, James B., I'm going to interrupt my my summary right now. Okay. Because, no joke, last podcast, I called craven a cocky tin horn. I recall. Which many many of our listeners probably don't know what a cocky tin horn is. But sure, in this... sure there's a lot of emails asking about this. We'll, get to the, <laughs> we'll, ch- we'll check it out. I'm sure the inbox is full. No joke. Spider-Man refers to Craven as a tin horn also. And I, I that was not, I did not read this. Uh, this this term I've heard, it's used in like old Westerns. I heard it at my wife's grandma's house because she almost exclusively watches old Westerns and someone called someone a cocky tin horn. And it, it's, it's like a poor man's gambler is what it is, just so you know, James B. But I couldn't believe Stan Lee and I we're on the same wavelength here at this at this I, opening page. And I can't believe that is going to be the last time we'll mention a Western in this <laughs> episode. All right, here we go. Spidey's swinging around in a winter wonderland looking for that cocky tin horn Craven. But the old Spidey sense is muffled by the snow, keeping him from finding him. I did not know that the snow could muffle his Spidey sense. It's good to know that's a problem, though. Meanwhile, the vulture lies on his deathbed in prison after an accident in the workshop. The Vulture's final request is to talk to Blackie Drago, his former roommate in prison. He gives him the location of his secret Vulture wings, and Blackie lets him know he double-crossed him by arranging the accident that ended up killing the Vulture. Blackie breaks out of prison, finds the Vulture's wings, and flies off to rob citizens in the city as he sees fit. After swinging in the snow, Peter has to lay low because of a bad fever. Eventually, he can't take the vultures' robberies because he's listening to them on the radio and seeing them on the TV, and swings off in a weakened state to confront the vulture. He battles the vulture feebly, and we end up with Spidey falling, knocked out, onto a snowy rooftop. That's it, James B. He's, he's knocked out on the rooftop. Yeah. Only thing I thought about was... Is Spidey dead? And then I thought, probably not. Uh, I, yeah, I got a question for you about that, too. Yeah, yeah. Black, Blackie Drago uh, outright kills the vulture. I mean, he doesn't, I guess, like, strangle him or shoot him or something. But he arranges through a clever scheme to kill the vulture. Uh, I was trying to think, who else has been purposely killed in Spider-Man before? Like, so you know, not by accident or whatever. Sure, sure. So I think the big question here is, isn't who else has been purposely killed in Spider-Man before. I think the question here is, well, first of all, the question here is, is Blackie Drago or Blackie Drago? Because that's been bothering me a little bit, Uh too. I I also did not know. No, no, you're not wrong. (laughs) I'm just saying I wasn't sure. I read this, and I was like, what is Eddie talking about? The the Vulture doesn't die. So I went back. I'm at the top of page four, and um, the guy's like, you know, Drago, what's that racket in there? You're upsetting the patient. He says, you don't know the half of it, Charlie. So long, Vulture. It was nice talking to you. Yeah, real nice. If there's any more favors, let me know. I can do. Let me know. And they always say here, which makes us crazy in the 1960s, right? Let me know. Here. <laughs> and then he's like, wait, you rotten double-crosser, two-time snake. You won't 
get away, get. And then he goes, watch it, Vulch. The more you excite yourself, the faster you'll kick the bucket. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, all right, maybe. Then I look at the next page. They say a dying man often sees his entire life pass before him. And I'm like, oh, wow, Eddie's right. And he says, I could have beaten him. The victory should have been mine, blah, blah, blah. But then the line says, if so, Spider-Man must be considered the most important part of the Vulture's life, for as his quivering eyelids close, perhaps for the last time, he seems (laughs) to see. If the Vulture died, we would have gotten... A news bulletin or something. All right. Well, words are important. <laughs> I should pay attention to my words a little more carefully then. Uh, purposely mm. killed, by the way. Um, I would say, uh, yeah, uh, when Strom gets shot by the goblin. Oh, that's true. Very good. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. I went all the way back to, like, obviously Uncle Ben was purposely killed in a robbery. That was, like, a similar purpose killing. Barely purposely killed. It was almost more like he just was in the way. Got like in the way. It was, wasn't even a purpose. True. Really. Uh, but as true. far as you're right, there isn't that many times. How about um, if you want to do the robbery, then then I would say Betty Brant's brother. Is he uh, purposely killed? Right. You know he what was, I mean? Well, he was killed in a shootout, right? He well, got struck. As much as Uncle Ben did? I don't know. Like, you know, so. Well, but, yeah. And then like, I guess like the crime master died, but that was the police. Right. Not on purpose. Right. Killing him, right. Well, you know, you know, um, spoiler, you know who's not dead? I. I I believe Spider-Man's not dead, Eddie, because <laughs> Amazing Spider-Man 49 is called From the Depths of Defeat. And would you uh, be so kind as to just give us that summary as well? Uh, Spidey's knocked out on a snowy roof. The cold makes him come too, and he staggers home uh, still sick with a fever. Um, we did you like that? Did you Wait, did you like that? The cold is like benefiting spider-man this is like when he chose to get punched to recover <laughs> i mean just get punched in the face a whole bunch so i can recover right the the cold helps him I, it's all right craven is angry that someone other than him has defeated spider-man he uh wrestles a tiger for fun while the the new vulture continues to maraud around the city stealing whatever he pleases Craven goes out to look for the vulture. He lassos the vulture and knocks him into a jungle exhibit to fight him and, I assume, finish him off. Peter is feeling much better after he's rested for a while and so puts on his costume and goes to confront Craven and the vulture. Uh, Craven accidentally takes out the vulture with this nipple laser. Sorry, everyone. I don't know what to call those things, so I was like, whatever. And Spidey knocks Craven out with one huge punch. Uh, while all this is going on, earlier Gwen and MJ had stopped by together to see the sick Peter, but Harry uh, escorted them out to allow Peter to rest. Uh, Aunt May had also come by, and she called Dr. Bromwell, and there's this moment where it looks like Dr. Bromwell is going to walk in on Peter, and while well, Peter might not be there, but he arrives just as Spider-Man returns back to lay down in his bed after his battle. <laughs> And then uh, Peter takes Aunt May and Miss Watson to go see a Western. That's the second time. <laughs> James B., is Craven, is he turned into just a, um, a mouthy, weaker Hulk? Craven is not a mouthy, weak Hulk. <laughs> Hulk doesn't shoot rays from his vest. Okay. <laughs> Which, That's a more uh, school-appropriate term there the, than mine. It's important to discuss these rays. They're they're not just stupid rays. They're I think the rays are terrible, but they're important because the rays one shot the vulture. Correct? 
That's right. The new vulture. one shot. New vultures out there, unstoppable for two issues. One shot from Craven, and that's it. Vulture's done. Like he does not recover from that shot, and he's just unconscious. And the next time you see him, he's just tied up. That's the end of it. So uh, Hulk can't do that. Hulk can't like take you out from a distance with like a ray. <laughs> so um, just telling you. Fair that. enough. All right. What else you got? What else you got for me, Mister? I don't like this issue uh, as much as James B. All right. All right. Yes. I, in case you haven't noticed, listeners, this, these two weren't my favorite issues. Um, at one point, Craven's jungle instinct. He says uh-huh. he can smell Spider-Man. Sure. So, like, does this mean he can easily figure out, like, who Spider-Man is without, you know, right. seeing Spider-Man? You I know? Could take, yeah, I could take the pro or the con here. I could be the prosecution or the defense. So I'm going to play this both ways. Okay. All right. On the prosecution side, he does track down Harry Osborn a couple issues back. When he right. shows up, he busts in. And he's like, aha, I tracked you down, Osborn. Uh, I recognize you anywhere. Did he really track him down by sniffing around, trying to find Harry, who's Norman's kid? Or did he just get close to the party because he knew he was going to be there and then found him? I I treated this more like Spider-Man shows up and he's like, hey, I smell you. I think it's kind of like if you have like a woman's perfume and you recognize it. And then like you go into another room and you're like, oh, she must have been in this room because I can still smell her perfume. I don't think I could just be like, hmm, I smell the worm's perfume. I'm, I'm craving. I'm going to start sniffing around the city till I smell it again. You know, I, I don't think he can sniff out Spider-Man in the whole city. I think he could just tell Spider-Man is close. I think mm-hmm. when he's very close. Same thing that I would say Spider-Man's abilities work the same way, except his spider sense does seem to sometimes very far reaching. I've seen him get all the way down to the docks because he knows something's going on across the city. <laughs> Early Pretty on. impressive. Yeah, early on, they think they, I think they nerfed that back a little bit. Yeah, I mean, in this, in this, the previous book, his spider sense was dulled by the snow. How bizarre! I this leads me to actually, I thought about the spider sense quite a bit. I really do think it works as almost like a web. And you know, like when a spider's got a bunch of stuff in its web, it can't feel things very well. That's right. how I thought about this snow. Did- you know. Didn't you bring up something the other day that you were afraid, like, oh, I would, was it like the lizard's army wasn't going to be able to operate in the winter? Because That's he right. Needs, he needs <laughs> Cold-blooded water. animals can't well, be, like, running around in the snow. So New York City doesn't have to worry about that because uh, Spider-Man's like, hey, I really can't do much Spider-Sense in the winter. But they're like, no problem. Lizard, also not an option in the winter. So there'll be no fighting through the winter months, and then we can resume the Daily Bugle's notices and bulletins can pick up later on. Um <laughs> After that, we could just announce like wedding notices, like Ned's going to marry Betty and stuff like that. That's what we could fill those issues with. The the, the absolute bane of J. Jonah Jameson. This this is what do you think this is? This is a newspaper, not a social gathering. club. Social club. There you go. Thanks, James B. Well, you know, Craven's jungle instinct has come up several times. He used it to detect whether someone was lying, and I feel I can't help but a little bit agree with you. Like. It seems coincidental that he mentions his jungle instinct after the fact that he can like use his eyes and kind of right. deduct what the thing is or what the problem is that's going on, you know. So it's very convenient for Craven to be like, "Oh, I smelled you, and I'm also looking at you," you know, like right now. Uh, th- there was a funny thing about that too. Like, I thought, like, why didn't Spider-Man just chill there and let like Craven finish off the Vulture? He wanna or Right. Vice versa. He would have right. only had to fight one of them. <laughs> yep. Of course. But, you know, this is, goes he back was, to... He was feeling good. He was feeling good after being sick. Like, but he learned clearly from, he could easily take him, too. He learned from the method from the Sinister Six. 
<laughs> this is the way you fight battles, the most inappropriate way. <laughs> the one that is not advantageous for yourself. So uh, these two issues bothered me, James. Do you have any uh, things that you think could have made these issues better? I got a few I, ideas about yeah, it. Yeah, I, I like these issues. I like these issues a lot more, a lot oh. more than you, and I like them anyway. The only problem I have with the issues, and you can point out some other problems in a moment, but is the ending. I don't like how Craven takes out the Vulture in one shot and Spider-Man one-punches Craven. That's, after all this reading, all this plot lines, and different things going on, and the cold and, and, and the illness, and how we're going to do this, and, and, and Blackie Drago getting really good at flying and getting better and better and more of a threat, and Craven being practically unstoppable, it's bam, bam, two, two single panels and the whole fight. And I'm like, wow, this is just a little disappointing there. But I thought the buildup, I thought Spider-Man being weak was really good. I thought it made sense how he, he fought. I thought Blackie Drago getting his abilities, you know, they tried to, to walk you through it almost like a montage. I thought that Craven getting angry for the reasons he did went along with Craven's character, that he wanted to be the one that took out Spider-Man. And then he got jealous. I liked that. I liked everything until the very end. There was a couple lines here and there that bothered me. I didn't like how Spider-Man told him, like, hey, I was only sick when you fought me, Vulture. I didn't think he yeah. needed to do that. And I didn't like the whole part about, like, hey, I, put, I punched you. And, you know, he makes that stupid comment at the end. He's waiting for him, the Craven to fall over. And that was kind, yeah, of, that was kind of corny. Overly dramatic. <laughs> how about you? What else did you I, not like? Because I think I liked I, everything else. Well, I, I have to agree with you. I do like Spider-Man's illness. I like how he's fighting sick and has to grapple with this virus. Um Agreed there, and I do like that the Vulture has come back in kind of a clever, interesting way, too. But as, you know, Craven, he's like a like a petulant child seeking revenge. I right. find Craven the hunter, like if he's a hunter, I expect him to be quite clever with how he approaches a situation. And he just seems like he's possessed in a rage constantly. I mean, he like fights his tiger for fun, which man doesn't suck to be Craven's tiger. That's your pet. You're just going to fight your pet. <laughs> right. Whatever you're having. I, I'm feeling down today. Let me go fight my pet. <laughs> but, but, let me just, let me just come at you here for a minute with this. Craven does every single thing correct in this whole sequence. I, what does he do wrong? Like, what do you don't like about Craven's motives? Everything he has, his motives, his actions, his execution, everything he does is fine. What did he do wrong? I, I think it's just bothersome how he approaches, like, why he goes after the vulture. Because the like, vulture is the new is the new big the big threat. He that he finally has something worthy to fight. I I guess so, but like I think it's the wishy washiness that we saw in Craven when he was basically trying to look for a payday through the Goblin. That I I think I might be going a little bit back to that because that like broke Craven's character for me in several different ways. And now he's going to back just to be like the best hunter in the world after he was fighting for you know a payday well, before. He didn't I, remember. He didn't care after he beat Spider Man. He didn't even need the money anymore. I, all right, all right, all right. It, I don't know. I don't know. You're making a good argument, James B. It's just, it bothered me. The, the My other thing that bothered me, too, is the Vulture having, like, very intimate knowledge of where he can go rob uncut diamonds from, like, a flying helicopter. I mean, he just seems to know, you know. Get connections. Maybe he went to talk to Foswell after he got out. <laughs> that guy knows everybody, right? <laughs> you're, you're just, you're just, you're just, I don't know. 
I think you're just being very difficult. I think you just don't like this issue, and for whatever reason, it doesn't have enough lizard in it or offbeat characters. And we did. We did. We hardly saw anybody else too. There was very little, like you know, everybody else for I, me. I guess two villains is the perfect number of villains. So you're you're wrong. I'm right. Eddie, I noticed in earlier podcasts that you like to play games, and I one do. of your yeah, and one of your favorite questions is. How many helicopters were there in the previous 10 to 12 issues? Yes, I've said this at least twice, if not three times. Eddie, I have a sponsor you may wish to take advantage of. Okay. Um, Eddie, once you decide to begin taking flight lessons, the most important thing to remember <laughs> is to have fun. Don't focus on trying to rush through the task. Learning to fly is an accomplishment that you'll be very proud of and will be with you forever. But the most effective way to complete the process is to learn from Blackie Drago at Blackie Drago Aviation. That's right. Like the new Vulture, you should be able to fly solo and after eight seconds, providing you, have, <laughs> providing you with plenty of opportunities to practice on your own. Remember what you learned from Blackie's own 10 or so minute presentation about air currents, downdrafts, and wind velocity, and off you'll go. The cost involved with obtaining your private pilot license averages $12,000, Eddie, but Blackie Drago Aviation charges only $1,000 a lesson, and you can be ready to fly with one lesson. One lesson, okay? You can easily earn that by you know, stealing uncut diamonds. Just kick a few helicopters until someone hands them over. Also, there are student loans available through various sources, and you can check with Blackie Gaxton Loans for the best rates in Midtown. No relation to Blackie Drago. What are you waiting for? Sign up with Blackie Drago Aviation. Mention this podcast ad and receive a scary-looking helmet to provide your head extra protection and make your friends look like two-bit pikers. Don't be petrified by fear. Blackie Drago will help make you the master of anyone. Contact him today. Eddie, will you be contacting our new sponsor? Well, I, I'm always happy to support an ex-con trying to make a living or his own business, for, for sure. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. That's just like J. Jonah Jameson. <laughs> yes, me and J. Jonah. Same category. You're so soft-hearted, Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, he seems, I mean, his curriculum must be very good since he is able to fly, as stated before, in about eight minutes. He, eight, be I think it's lesson. eight seconds. He, he, eight, he, sorry, eight seconds. I recall, I recall from, from uh, reading that he was able to just remember everything that he learned about Eric Herron's downdrafts and wind velocity, and <laughs> off he went. He was good to go. So uh, I would want to learn from anyone. It would be. I mean, if not, wow. maybe maybe the original Vulture, but otherwise, you know, since we don't know if he's around or not, uh, Blackie Drago Aviation. So I'm glad that you are also wow. interested. What a teacher he yeah. must be. So, so Eddie, we have another uh, segment. <laughs> I'm sorry, that, that sponsor is ridiculous. <laughs> I do really enjoy it. All right. We have another segment, James B. And apparently we'll need a new sponsor next week because of your <laughs> typical reactions here. Still looking for a repeat sponsor. Eddie, it's time once again for Eddie Reads the Mail, when you go off to Gmail and read all the messages that we got. All right, here I go. I'm going to go check the inbox here. It's loading. Clearly there's – it's loading, no and I, I, I got nobody. Not even spam? Nope. Promotions? Something, something, I'm going to have to start signing us up for, like, 
mortgage mortgage uh, rates or something. Sometimes <laughs> so we, we get can put we... something in our inbox. Okay. Well, I mean, I'm still waiting for Pandora to send me something that says, "Hey, because uh, last time it said like we're really busy, but you're, we've accepted your application, yeah. but your podcast <laughs> isn't up yet." Still waiting for Pandora. Always waiting. Let us know, Pandora. But thank thank you for being our only friend. <laughs> Yeah, I guess. All right. Well, Eddie, we've also uh, reached out to a number of guests. Um, they all say we're ready to start helping you out. We'd love to be on the podcast. Just give us a few days. And I always say, let me know when you're ready. <laughs> this is turning to a sad part of our podcast, James B. <laughs> you know, people have busy lives. That's sure. all I could say. <laughs> okay. Well, you know. Eddie, I have a little game for you to play. It's only three questions. Would you like to try to uh, play? Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready for a game. Okay. Um, if you remember, the James B. to Eddie games are usually trivia from things in previous issues. Woo-hoo. And these are from issues uh, 43, 44, and 47. So these are more right. rec- these are recent issues. The questions might be a little more detailed because they're more recent, but we'll see how you do. Here we go. Eddie. In issue 47, when Craven busts in and he uh, is trying to capture Harry Osborn, he hits yeah. Flash and all these people. He's throwing them all around. And he says, a pack of what can't hold a lion at bay? What does he call everybody? Huh. I know when he crashes through, he says he's like a bull elephant or someone says this. And then a pack of... They're trying to fight him, and he's like, huh, a pack of blank can't hold a lion at bay. It's another animal. Hmm, uh, hyenas. It must be hyenas, right? No? Uh, no. No. He's not calling them all hyenas. He calls them a pack <laughs> of rabbits. What? He's like, a pack of rabbits can't hold a lion at bay. He's like mocking them, and he, he, shoves, fla- he shoves Flash aside with that line. Like, come on. Oh, yeah. You guys are I, terrible. Because Flash runs in to try to stop him. Thanks, Flash. Speaking of Flash. Rabbits. In issue 44... Uh. Uh, would that be Lizard? Okay, Lizard. Okay. Gwen is annoyed at Flash at one point, and she says, Flash, do me a favor. Stop blank. Oh, my goodness. What does Gwen say to Flash in issue 44? He's being Sir, annoying. I'm, I'm having trouble with my trivia tonight. Well, these are details that I wouldn't even have known, but I decided hmm. to, you know. You seem to be so good at these games. I usually do. I've done better in the On past. page 11... She turns to him and says, Flash, do me a favor. Stop. And she says, she throws a... Breathing? Stop breathing? (laughs) Say it again? Breathing? Correct. She says, stop breathing on me. There we go. (laughs) Wow, look at you. Uh, One to one with one question left. You ready? You know, the only other time that I really think that Gwen, like does a sick burn to flash is when she tells him she, she uses a word that I had to look up. And it's like, you wouldn't understand because your vocabulary isn't this. Isn't wow. This <laughs> I remember that one. Well, too. these are, All col- right, I'm ready. She's a college kid. So True. in issue 43, okay. 43. This is okay. the, this is the rhino sequence. Okay? Ooh, uh, okay. Foggy Nelson has a couple panels and he has no less than three complaints in these panels. Can you name any one of Foggy Nelson's complaints on page oh, I, four? This was so striking because of the fact that he made it. He made the cut into Spider-Man. This can't happen too often. He's upset because he worked real hard to present a good case for the Rhino, right? In the Correct. Because he's representing the Rhino, mm-hmm. and then 
uh, he something I think he stayed up very late doing this. He was very tired because he worked really hard. No, did he say that? This is almost good enough, but I'm looking for it's just sort of he did work all night, but there's a little bit more to uh-huh. it. This is one of the three complaints. All right, so he worked hard on he worked all night. Uh, and well, and he's upset the rhino broke out of jail. Right? That's correct. He's, he's up. Yeah. He worked all night, and the rhino escaped. Yeah, that is his number one complaint. He has two other complaints. You don't need to get them, but do you want to just take a guess at them, or just I'll just. Uh, I I think he something that Matt Murdoch could do instead for him. But yes, I can't what he did. That was. He didn't want this case. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He didn't want the case. He wanted Matt Murdoch to have the case, and he ends <laughs> it by saying that he hates felonies. He prefers tax law. Oh yeah. Great job. You crushed it today. Here, I was so nervous that I got you the first hard one, and then bang, bang, you did a great job taking our game. So good job. Thank you. Thank you. Eddie, did you have anything else you wanted to mention about uh, this issue? MJ and Gwen show up at the same time. Does does this mean they're friends and they're hanging out? What do you think? Oh, yeah. They're, they're, burgers aside, they're friends. Oh. Right? Aren't they? I mean, mean, Gwen... She goes out to she goes out with Flash to get a cup of coffee at some time, and the next scene she's riding around in a car with Harry. Harry could be with Gwen or with Mary Jane. Yeah, they're they they're always randomly uh-huh. showing up together. Buddies. Hmm. Do they both dance to the music when they're playing it? I mean, or... I I didn't understand Mary Jane is Mary Jane in school at ESU because I don't think so. She's an actress. She's like something. She's outside of their. Social circle, I guess, from school. Mary Jane has a... She is. She does not come off good in any of these issues besides being pretty. She comes off irresponsible to me. She comes off... Very, yeah. You know, she's like blasting the music. Isn't Harry like trying to like keep it down? <laughs> yeah, he specifically said we. you have to stay quiet because Peter's so sick trying to rest. And then he's got... There's five people in the house besides Peter in the apartment. She's like, it's tragic to waste all these Jimmy discs. And she's like, yeah, you want music? Bring it, get a kazoo, Mary Jane. Yeah, keep we it together. Pick up a kazoo. Gwen, Gwen just wants to check in. Like, we came by. Mary Jane's like, I'm going to come over here and have a party. She Doesn't she visit her aunt last issue? And she's like playing music in issue 47 or 46. Yeah, yeah. She shows up to visit Aunt May and Miss Watson. And. They're like, can you help us clean up? And she's like, I just got to dance. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, MJ. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah, no they wonder. Kind of, they, they do kind of frame her. I, I don't know. She's pretty she, as a pumpkin seed, but not much else going on, which I know bothers they, you when he says you, that. But. They, say, they say she's an actress, right? And she was like trying to, she had a role or something, right? That she was trying to get to. I don't think she, I don't remember them ever mentioning her doing oh, any really? acting at all. I mean, in the movie she does, of course. Oh, that's true. In the movie she does. That was episode... I thought they mentioned this. Perhaps Let's read Spider-Man 25. Hmm. I'm going to have to go back and check again. Huh. Well, perhaps. Perhaps not. I was just surprised. I didn't really think they were, like, good enough friends to be hanging out with each other without Harry or Flash or Peter around, you know? Yeah. I think we've had a lot of concerns about people in the group suddenly becoming friends and the fact that Harry's if Harry can be living with Peter MJ can be hanging out with with Drew Gwen Stacy a quick uh, turn and if turn our listeners have any other thoughts they can reach out to us at let's read spiderman at gmail.com I we can't forget to mention that good one James B yeah we're, we're, all, we're not, not going to get any emails if we don't mention it <laughs> that's very true 
I guess that's it. We also, there's apparently no uh, no feedback from the listeners on a good close. So as usual, Eddie and I look at our show notes, and there is no close in our notes. We will carefully look at our our books here and pick something. So you got one, James B. I'm ready. Go ahead. You got. I got one too. But good. You go first. <laughs> All right. Um, oh, I lost it. <laughs> All right. You go, James B. Okay. Don't forget to be a regular pussy willow. It's Pussycat James B slash Aunt May. (laughs) But I think Pussy Willows are much cuter. (laughs) Until next time, listeners. Goodbye. Bye. All right. Well, uh, my only, I don't think I had anything else other than Dr. Bromwell's in surgery. (laughs) And then immediately when he's done, come over Uh, and check out. A doctor who does house calls is in surgery? (laughs) Not with me. Sorry, sir. (laughs) I need some specialization. Yeah. He's one of our former sponsors, so I'm just going to (laughs) say he can do everything. He can do everything.